On the other hand, literally, Sabrina is complaining that her finger feels strange, and a few seconds later it goes off, or sneezes or farts, we couldn't determine, and makes the dinner tray uh, move, fall off the table and make a huge mess. Yes. Imagine just being freaked out about your friend going, out your finger, and then, then suddenly your dinner tray's on the floor. That was my finger. I've heard all the excuses now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, makes a whole new definition to pull my finger. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three sickly and sniffling suckers review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I am your host and guide through this gross, horrible, stuffed up episode, and I'm joined by two equally as as riddled and poorly people, my good friends, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. <coughs> <coughs> Hi, Phil. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm perfectly healthy. Thank well, you very much. Um, and uh, yeah, this again sort of continued the theme of sort of making the school the centre of the drama, looking into another minor character who we've not really had any sort of depth and exploration of, and giving her some time to shine. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode again. Yeah, very much so. And I hope someone else who, despite being, um, being very poorly sick, uh, I hope he still enjoyed it. Is my good companion, Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hey, Phil. I, I do an ill joke, but Gra- Graham did that. So <laughs> he, he nailed it. He as nailed well. it. I, I don't. I wouldn't be able to match it. So yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm all right. Ooh. I do, I do, I do generally have a bit of a sniffle, but I think I'll, uh, I think I'll live. Yes, uh, I think, I think yeah. because we're aware of how ill we are, I think we're going to be doing the rest of the episode uh, sort of behind our hands or uh, inside our shirts. Where it might sound a little muffled, but that, yeah. I'm afraid that's the way we're doing the show. Or, or with our head inside a bucket. <laughs> yes, one of them. Uh, no, really, we're not really sick. But this episode is all to do with Sabrina being poorly and spreading her illness throughout the school. Ew. Oh, sorry. Ill. 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 Uh, no, this episode is number 15, Finger Licking Flu. Unfortunately, it wasn't about the Colonel being a magical genie springing out of a KFC bucket and granting three spices. No, it is about a Sabrina uh, gets riddled with a witch illness which affects her finger, not her nose, and her finger sneezes and causes Mrs. Quick to to use magic oh. it, it um, took me a while to um, realise that her finger was sneezing and not farting <laughs> <laughs> would, that, would that be grosser um, it well, would, well fingers aren't supposed to do either of those <laughs> oh, things of course yeah that's neat but, but, but still I, I think it, it, the, the whole flatulentliness would indicate that diarrhoea might have been close behind Oh, yeah. finger, oh. Finger, diarrhea. finger diarrhea. Oh, I no. think I'd prefer finger snot than finger diarrhea. Either yeah. way, her finger is fucking gross. In this episode. <laughs> it is disgusting. We've seen body horror that's supposed to be a bit shocking, but ultimately a bit funny. Uh, but no, this is oh, it's gross. I don't know. It's just this really swollen sort of weeping, like, weeping. weeping. So yeah, swollen, um, weeping. It's sort of got blue and green bits on it. Uh, uh, it's bright, bright it's red. It's farting on all her friends. It's, it's very inconsiderate, really, when oh, you think about it. God, yeah. It doesn't cover its mouth hole. Where does it sneeze from? We don't know. Oh. <laughs> is, it, is it that 
just that small gap between the, the, the skin and the fingernail. It must be, yeah. Whatever that's called, that's where the... Uh... It's called the gap between the skin and the fingernail. <laughs> yeah, that's where the sort of finger diarrhea is coming out. Either of. way, it's the size of your average sausage. Uh, it's bigger than a sausage, Big, right? Yeah. Bigger than a sausage. Yeah, bigger a than Frank a sausage. Frankenfurter, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's like... the size of a Frankenfurter. Not a Frankenfurter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's the size of Tim Curry. It's, like, it's the size of a, a Frankfurter. And um, it... It's it's horrible and it dominates this episode. It really, really does. Cause it's, it's, you can't see fuck all else on the screen when it's yeah, there. It casts this horrible shadow mm. over the episode because it's so big. <laughs> it's yeah. casting a huge, gross uh, shadow. But you no, know, the uh, aside from all sort of the gross uh, sort of jokes about Serena being poorly, we do get some great interaction between Mrs. Quick and Mr. Kraft. And again, I think bolstering, as you said at the start, game bolstering. Um, sort of characters that to show that they're not just filler characters yeah. not just background characters we saw that with Libby in our last episode fleshing her out but Mrs Quick up until now she's just been just a female teacher that Sabrina and Valerie can interact with but now she's she feels like an actual character yes and it's good to have because obviously Mr Craft as we know even though he does have you know his, his human side and you know sort of sympathetic elements to him Within the walls of the school, he's essentially a dictator, he's vindictive, he's petty, he's self-interested. It's good to have a teacher who is actually looking out for the students mm-hmm. and actually seems to enjoy teaching them and guiding them through this pivotal stage in their life. Um, and we've, we've seen that Mrs. Quick is sort of kindly and, you know, very, sort, very um, sort of enthusiastic about teaching, albeit kind of sort of a little meek, which obviously is dwelled upon in this episode. Uh, but it was good to see her have time to shine, and um, I can't remember the first name of the actress. I know her surname is Gross, which is appropriate. That's Mary. Mary, Mary Gross. Gross uh, appropriate for this episode. Um, and uh, yeah, I think she did She did really well sort of bringing this character to the fore in, uh, yes. in this one. No, no, it's a very good run. Yeah, some good gags. And finally, we make reference to something that we've been craving, I think, since, since day one, since day one of this podcast. We were hoping that we made jokes about the dungeon but somewhere in our minds we knew it was real and eventually the dungeon was revealed uh, we're not going to spoil exactly what they go into but something literally goes into something we've been hoping for for months for most for most of the past 12 months I, we we swear to god we i mean we have watched this show before but only as as children and we have very sort of limited um, sort of you know snatched memories here and there of it but nearly everything that we have theorised may be a thing in the world of Sabrina, we we we, we celebrated. Has, has, <laughs> we, we, we celebrated a moment of silence and awe was yeah. there when this is exposed. But uh, no, we will we will dive into that literally uh, very very but shortly. This was the one thing I thought would never. We knew it was there, but yes. we never would have thought it would be a a plot point that it would sort of <laughs> be, be be featured prominently. Serve the um, purpose in the story. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for that to happen in this episode was, I, I, I've never f- quite felt like the way it made me feel uh, before in my life. I will say, <laughs> you know, before we continue teasing it, we might as well jump straight into this horrible uh, episode. Are we? Are we got our tissues and our uh, sort of vapor rub at the ready, chaps? 
We have, yes. Um, yeah, got um, got some got some old soil here. I'll be drinking that throughout the show. Um, I'm drinking old soil. Yeah, uh, you, you, <laughs> you must you be really sick. You heard. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Got 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 my beachums. I'm ready to go. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, I'm lathered up. I'm all greasy in in. Uh, well, you do you do that every episode. Yeah, I know, talk, mate. We've told we've told you to stop. Yeah, we we we, we did say that the baby oil has got to stop, mate. Well, it has, and it's been changed with a vapor rub now. Oh, that's okay. That's so oh, it's, oh, I see. My apologies. You yeah. didn't hold Patrick. I, I I took your advice on. Yeah. And I made it my own. You didn't hold Patrick Vieira thing, smearing some of it on your chest, so yes. you don't get congested during the podcast. That's why it smells so mentholy in here. Yes. Yeah, we're all getting mental. So the episode opens up. Let's on... go fucking mental. <laughs> Let's go, go fucking mental. Let's go fucking mental. The episode opens up on Hilda watching a special news bulletin on the Sorcery TV network, where the news is being read out by the most trustworthy anchor in the entire other realm, Richard Langston, who happens, for no reason, to be a chicken. I love that his name isn't any kind of pun (laughs) on chickens or eggs or anything. His name is Richard Langston, and he's chicken. And the whole conversation about how trustworthy and, you know, uh, dignified and honourable he is happens before you see the screen and a chicken is reading the news. In in a tie. In a tie. (laughs) And a a typical newscaster's, you know, sort of, you know, sort of deeps, you know, like, solemn, like, American um, newsreader voice. Oh, my goodness me. It was just amazing. It I mean, was it's really amazing. It's we, a good job that I put the subtitles on to write these notes because I was, I was too busy laughing the first time around <laughs> to, uh, to really hear what was going on. It's just so fucking silly. We didn't great. get the didn't get Colonel Sanders in this episode, but we did get some chicken, and we it did. was it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just that moment of I, I, afterwards. It, it took me a second. I was thinking, I was like, is this chicken? Like Salem was was he a witch and then got turned into a chicken, or has he always been a magical chicken? Because yeah. if he's always been a magical chicken, what other magical <laughs> creatures are there in the other realm? Yeah. It opens to so many possibilities. Yeah, that that's sort of like um, that's a bit of a mind fuck then, because we, we we've we've talked a few times about whether every animal is just like a, a, a familiar or has been turned in from being a witch. But yeah, are there actual magical? Uh, animals in the in there the other realm be. or not? Either way, a chicken named Richard Langston. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny in itself. So he, fucking. He silly. read the news in a in a tie. Did he have a suit on as well? Uh, no, a collar, a tie, a collar. Yeah. yeah, okay, with a mic clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the attention to detail. Well, I think so. He's not like he doesn't say like. He's just like in the news today. Yeah. There's been an epidemic. Yeah. Um, they, um, I would love that to be a regular part of the show. Um, you know, they sort of they began, didn't they, with the talking picture? Thankfully, they abandoned it very quickly because it was awful and terrifying. Oh, great, but yeah. um, I would love for Richard Langston to become a regular part of the show. Oh, please! Because also a newsreader from the other realm is a great plot device. So yeah, they, they, they yeah. could use a lot. No, not not only that, but I've just had a vision. Maybe one episode they could get Richard Langston to do a special expose about witches living in the mortal realm and come and visit the house and interview them. Oh. I, wa- I, want to see, I want to see Richard and Salem uh, talk to each other. That's oh. what I want. And halfway through the interview or something, he lays an egg or gets a phone call <laughs> from his wife. Yeah, I've just laid the egg. It's, we're going we're gonna to be parents. <laughs> oh, the world according to Richard Langston. That's, that's what I want. 
Oh well, we'll 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 add him in Salem origin stories. We'll we'll find uh, a way uh, that they the college buddies oh, maybe. Of, no, no, of course he, Richard Langston could have interviewed Salem during his time trying to take over the world. Maybe Salem it could, could be t- like a Frost Nixon. Yeah, Langston Saberhagen. It could have been. It could have been uh, in, in the times of when uh, when Salem was trying to take over, like Madagascar and such. He could have been. He could have been like a war correspondent. Got Richard Langston with a hat, with a like an army hat on <laughs> and some medals. <laughs> maybe Salem turned him into a chicken. Maybe. Maybe, maybe he was. Maybe he was tired of these uh, accusations and just went boom. I bet Nixon wished he could do that to Frost. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a jab. The fact that every newsreader on TV is just a cock. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what it's down to. But no, it's just a chicken. Good Richard Langston. <laughs> Uh, Tristiola Richard breaks the news that a serious case of finger flu has been reported and all witches are advised to cover up their pointing fingers to avoid certain imminent illness. Hilda and Zelda heed this warning and magic up some thick woolen mittens. However, Sabrina, who is kitted out for this glorious spring day, refuses to wear them. That is, until Zelda zaps on a biohazard-esque jumpsuit and then she decides to wear the mittens after all. But they're not quite typical mittens, they're like oven gloves, aren't they? Yeah, they're massive. They're not even like... I mean, wearing gloves in warm weather, people are going to look at you anyway. She has a good get-out for it. When Valerie says to her, oh, why are you wearing, why are you wearing gloves? Is it eczema? She should have just gone, yes. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, fair enough. I understand why you wouldn't want to risk your hands getting irritated. I understand why you wouldn't want people to see your scabby fingers. Um, but yeah, she, she just says, oh, my ants made me wear it. And you're like... What's wrong with your hands? I've been trying to figure out another way that she might have been able to get around it as well. Obviously, just agreeing to the the solution proposed by Valerie, <laughs> but maybe I don't. It was may, maybe she just strap her finger up to to another finger so it's covered in like surgical tape or something. Yeah, yeah. and that, and oh yeah, I just I hurt my finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah she could have just yeah, bandaged could, it up. Yeah, there yeah. could have been any number of solutions, but no. She decided to just not listen. If yeah. she hadn't taken the gloves off, it would have been fine. It would have been absolutely fine. Tell you what isn't fine, the titles, as always. Uh, <laughs> and, um, it's, no, it's not they're, fine. They're, they're never okay. She's dressed as, well, she's dressed as a Greek. Uh, Greek uh, yeah, uh, air quotes. quotes. But she says, it's Sabrina the Greek, not the geek. I, no, yeah, no Sabrina the geek, not the Greek. Yeah, no idea what it's about. It's, it probably is something, but... Yeah. Whatever, we, whatever it is. <laughs> if you know what's going on here, a lot of our American listeners often do, and we don't. Please tell us. Yeah, please let us. Oh, we, oh, we, we do like to know yeah. things, don't we? Although we did find out something interesting. There is a uh, a Greek singer called Sabrina. Yes, where, yeah, that we did. Probably worth a listen. We don't know. We didn't. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we'll ask if she can write some music for us. That'd be nice. We're in school, and Sabrina has resorted to wearing her mittens. Well, that is until Harvey comments on them, and she shoves them in her locker. Valerie comes over, expressing interest in killing herself, but it's just because she's proposed an idea for a town meeting to Mrs. Quick for some reason, and she's worried that it's just a stupid idea. Sabrina magics up a book, How to Be Confident, a book that Valerie said she almost bought, but didn't have the confidence to. Bless her. Because she thought the person at the counter was going to laugh at her. Yeah. Yeah. Sabrina tells Valerie that you are the only person who has to rise to low (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem. Which is a good line. Very good Um, line, yeah. Uh, In the cafeteria, and Valerie is using what she learnt in the book already and asked for more tater tots. And she got them. 
But it turns out that that was just because uh, the school cook, Mrs. Tornanis, is, it's her last day. <laughs> so she's just in a couldn't give a fuck kind of mood. And now, speaking of, someone else was in a couldn't <laughs> give a fuck mood. That's someone being Frank Conniff, who um, I don't know if he wrote uh, Mrs. Poopy Pants uh, in the previous <laughs> episode, whether that was uh, another writer. But anyway, here he's gone one step further. Mrs. Tornanis. Ingrid Tornanis. Ingrid Tornanis. Uh, the retiring um, lunch lady. Tornanis. Tornanis. You can work that out for yourself, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, having, having looked at Frank's Twitter, I'm fairly sure he knew exactly what he was doing there. And he was having a bit of fun. Um, Why don't we call a teacher Mrs. Tornanus? No, that's too obvious. How about we make her make a, a foreigner and call her Mrs. Tornanis instead? <laughs> Get it done. But Get it made. The, why? Why is it that all the lunch ladies so far are of a um, <laughs> of a gluteus maximus region of names? We got Mrs. Poopy Pants, Papai Pants, and now we've got Mrs. Tornanus. <laughs> it's why? 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 Why are we focusing on the arse? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the buttock. Well, yeah. we, we we do that a lot with uh, with. One character in this, uh, this episode. This is true. Oh, yes, yeah. and, and we and we um, and we are rewarded for that <laughs> obsession later on. Um, but um, yeah, very unfortunately named um, dinner time uh, staff in uh, yeah. Westbridge High. Yeah, we can have another dinner lady, Mrs. Dysentery. Uh, who yeah. else could we have? <laughs> Mrs. Prolapse. <laughs> Mrs. Oh. Mrs. Diane Rhea. <laughs> 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 All sorts, yeah. So, yeah, another dinner lady uh, named after something to do with the the anus. Uh, so, the, so it's Mrs. Tornance's last day. Uh, so that's why she's just giving out a lot of food. Mr. Kraft comes in to make a speech for Ingrid Tornanis and awards her with the prestigious golden hairnet to show her forty years of depressing service. Then something falls over in the kitchen and she has to go and clean it up. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, sloppy oh, Joe's. Sloppy yeah. Joe's. Oh, fell. Seems like the sloppy Joe's have fallen over. Yeah, why don't why, he says? Why don't you go and clean that up? I'll mail this to you. <laughs> the hairnet, yeah. <laughs> the, the gold hairnet. How? How? What? What is that? Just like gold thread, gold leaf? Is it solid if, gold? If it's solid gold, that would be a bugger to wear, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, um, it'd be a bugger to mail, wouldn't it? Well, like, yeah, that's right. The, the, the weight, and unless the, it was for you know cash. Cash for gold. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where he's actually going to mail it. Like, oh, I got lost in the post. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I've claimed on the insurance from it, yeah. though. That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, she has to go and clean up a sloppy joe. Uh, but this causes Sabrina to pipe up and quickly recover the situation because she says, she shouldn't have to clean that up. And then kind of pipes down because Harvey and Valerie make a comment about the fact that every time Mr. Kraft is around... She makes some sarky comment which gets them all in trouble. Unless I wasn't paying attention, Phil. Mr. Kraft spends a fair amount of time in this scene uh, addressing the student body en masse in the cafeteria. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did the <coughs> loser gag. I don't, oh, I don't remember a yeah. loser. Yeah. No, that's I don't a, remember that. That's no. a shame. That's uh, some running gags. Um, Stop being funny because they happen all the time, but yeah. I do always enjoy that one. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe we get an unexpected loser uh, in another episode, and it, and it will it will be yeah. funny again. But maybe maybe that's the reason. If they had him doing it all the time, it would just be yeah funny. Yeah. Whereas periodically, put a dinner lady in a rice room with a silly yeah name to do with a bum. Then I I I'd be happy with silly named dinner ladies being a running gag as well. <laughs> yeah. There's potential for it to be. Now we've had two. <laughs> yeah. So Kraft then announces her replacement. 
The students themselves, who will be divided into groups and expected to provide lunch and service to everyone, apart from cheerleaders and football players, because they've done more than their fair share of service to the school already. And Bullshit! You- we were talking about a return to... Um, well, wanting a return to the themes laid out at the beginning of the season, because we were quite excited about that being carrying on throughout the episodes. Yeah, they're going back to that here, Mr. Craft. Well, one, being a dictator, two, sort of upholding the sort of school hierarchy where footballers and cheerleaders are the you know the best people like mm-hmm. you know the sort of godlike figures who you know um, walk amongst us mere mortals but are not mortal yeah we've gone back to that here craft uh, is just being massively favoritist mm-hmm. towards libby in particular but just generally sort of yeah the the popular people of the school yeah. he's almost like a sort of sycophantic kid himself who wants to be liked by the yes. popular kids yeah yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna make reference to that because I was in my head. Then it something didn't compute. Why is Mister Kraft being this dictator who thinks cheerleaders and football players are better than everyone when it would appear he clearly wasn't part of that that grouping uh, when he was well, in school? He's not announced he wasn't a cheerleader. So <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I couldn't see him as as a football player. No, I, well, it's something to do with some something he said like episodes back um, that oh it was when Sabrina was wrote that article about um, sports getting in the way of studies mm. um, sport this whole sporting culture rakes in the biggest money for the school so it him being in charge of how the school runs it's in his interest to keep football players and their you know their cheerleaders in good health and away from wasting time in the kitchen when they could be on the field Getting yeah. ready for those games where loads of money oh. is going to be brought in. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think that's that's the interest he's taking in it. Yeah. Very se- selfish, but it's for the good of the school in a way. Well, what he perceives to be the good of the school, but yeah. I mean the school is an educational establishment, so yeah. really money making and uh, sport should be secondary. But, yes. Um, no, absolutely. But well, no, he back, earns back, back back to getting the students to actually serve the lunches. Fucking child labour, mate. That is a bit child labour. So, no, it's not kind of child labour. It is child <laughs> I mean, labour. It is. They're not yes. being paid. Yeah. No. And they're being forced to do it. Yes. They so have no say. The in literal it. definition of child labour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. You've heard yeah. it there, folks. So he gets a bastard point for favouritism. Yes. Yeah. He gets a bastard point for well, child labour. Child labour. Or is one enough? No. Um. I. I think in this case, since they are just serving lunch, yeah, they shouldn't be made to do it. But there are worse things you could make them do. Yeah, um, it's just an hour every day, um, and it rotates like you'll get weeks off. And then he gets another one because Harvey gets excited because he's like, "Oh my god, I don't, I don't have to do it." But then it turns out, no, Kinkle, it's only for first string. Yeah, only, only for Randy the Destroyer and his mates. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so reminding Harvey that he's not quite. The best at football. Yeah, so even niche favouritism. Yeah, exactly. Specific favouritism, yeah. So, he had a week off last week, uh, Willard, we didn't see him. Um, he's come back and he's made up for lost time. He's catching up on the bastard scale. <laughs> yeah, so he's got three points, is that yes, right? Yeah, three yeah. points uh, in, in a matter of seconds. Well done. Oh, oh, and four for, I guess, a fourth point for telling um, Tornanis to go and clean up during her retirement speech. That could be the worst thing he does during yeah. this scene, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What a bastard. And a fifth one for sending her golden hair net to cash for gold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yes. five. Five. Yeah. Bloody hell. For Sabrina's outrageous outburst, Kraft announces that the first team will be Sabrina, Harvey, 
and their little friend. Yeah, bastard boy. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even remember the name of one of his students who he frequently interacts with. He does. He frequently yeah. interacts with. You, yeah. In a way, you know, the headmaster isn't, you know, going to know the name of every student, but he's constantly talking to Sabrina Harvey and Valerie, so yeah. he should know their names. So, poor Val. She is just their little friend, isn't she? Yeah. She, is, she is the constant third wheel in the gooseberry in that Also, a little extra joke um, is that uh, when he's written their names on the blackboard later on, he spelt his surname wrong. <laughs> yeah. What a no. On the other hand, literally, Sabrina is complaining that her finger feels strange, and a few seconds later it goes off, or sneezes or farts, we couldn't determine, and makes the dinner tray uh, move, fall off the table, and make a huge mess. Yes. Imagine just being freaked out about your friend going, out your finger and then, and then suddenly your dinner tray's on the floor that was my finger I've heard all the excuses now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god makes a whole new definition to pull my finger yeah. oh. Oh. gross Jesus at home and Salem is pining for a brush but Zelly won't because she's busy so he asks her for a massage instead which she refuses again Salem He'll... Weinstein <laughs> cut that out <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. Did I get rid nope. of that? Nope, stayed in. I, I realised my mistake. <laughs> stayed in. Stayed I realised what I had done. It was wrong. Yeah, made your best. <laughs> Hilda comes in, accusing the neighbour of stealing the newspaper. So just as she's about to erect an Indian burial ground underneath his house, Sabrina sneezes, causing Zelda to be concerned. Do you reckon that was that the house next door is the house from? Uh, yeah, the poltergeist. Yeah, Zelda says it affects the entire neighbourhood, which yes. obviously referenced to poltergeist. Yeah, so same universe then, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah actually, poltergeist because yeah. they do go into another realm as well. They yeah, they do. do. Exactly. Oh my god, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Hey, maybe poltergeist is a prequel to Sabrina. Maybe. Maybe. Is is the town that they're in mentioned? It's a similar type of house. It is. Yeah. Mm. Mm, interesting. That wouldn't be nice, you know, where, you know, the... Is there a, it's, does a portal open in Poltergeist and they can go to... Yeah, yeah, they, they, there's a portal that opens and they get they sucked t- into it. They, yeah. yeah. But they tie uh, something around them so they can go in and get the kid and bring them back. Yeah, so they tie someone onto it and they go through this portal and they go, mm. have you seen her? No! There's just loads of poo everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, wrong realm. Pull me out. Pull me out. (laughs) So Salem, spying an opportunity, decides to fake sneeze and get that stroke that he wanted all along. We cut to the school and uh, something that... uh, caught our attention is another poster we like commenting on the uh, the posters yeah uh, again all the ones about have a giggle uh, we see uh, hitch a ride to a star again this one drugs there to die for yeah so just dr- just to clarify not all drugs no no um you know life is a drug life is a drug caffeine I mean a- life just kill you eventually <laughs> yes yeah Ca- caffeine is a drug can kill you too much of it but yeah. um Caffeine is the fuel on which this podcast runs, yeah. and many others I know. They're just making sure that, yeah, that the kids know that drugs are bad, okay? So, um, yeah. Drugs uh, are bad. Now, I had one of my really weird thoughts, right? Obviously, this do with this information as you will. What if oxygen is actually poisoning us? It's just so slow acting that it can take up to 70 to 90 years to kill you. Hey. Mm. If you take anything away from this podcast, stop breathing immediately. 
<laughs> well, then you'll just die sooner. Yeah. Than, oh, okay. What okay. I'm saying then is that oxygen in itself is a drug that poisons you and then eventually kills you 90 years down the line, which is why people die at different times, because some people have a different sort of tolerance to it. Yeah. Maybe there is a better chemical to breathe in mm-hmm. out there in other on other planets, mm-hmm. and they live longer there because it doesn't have the... Uh, the burning qualities of oxygen. Yeah. Maybe methane's a better gas to breathe in. Oh. I doubt it. <laughs> define, define better. Yeah. <laughs> Back in school, a Mrs. Quick is pleading with Mr. Kraft to put an end to the student labour. The actual word she says. But he says it's a brilliant, money-saving idea. Sabrina magics up another copy of that self-help book to give to Mrs. Quick, and she says, Oh, don't worry, Sabrina, I'm not offended. I just hope it works better than Confidence for Dummies, is what she says. <laughs> Which is a really good joke, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yes, uh, Confidence for Dummies, obviously the For Dummies self-help books. Uh, well, not self-help books, but just instructional guides to, to things, you know, sort of explaining them from their most basic form. They were around in the 90s, possibly before, and certainly still are now. But obviously... Confidence for dummies is a wonderful contradiction in terms and a very clever joke. So you may have been extremely juvenile and immature with the whole tornadoes thing, Frank, but you are still a, a, a very a very smart uh, comedian when you want to be. Uh, back home and Salem is still pretending to be poorly, so Hilda goes to check his temperature. Under the tongue, under the tongue, Salem instructs, just as we were hoping for a thermometer up his jacksey. I mean, well, you know that. Yeah, but, that was. Well, I mean, that's that's never going to happen, is it? No, no. no. We're, well, but we were we we were but, very very close. Well, but with Salem saying under the tongue, under the tongue, it sort of instigates that it might have been put somewhere else previously. Yes. Yeah. yeah but in this instance, no. Yeah. You know, right. It's a kids' show, of course. Because you're not going to put it anywhere else. No, not even going to reference it, are they? So, you know, you <laughs> absolutely know, you not. Know. Um, it's, it's, it's I mean, cr- we 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 reference Salem's arsehole because we're you know we're 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 grown we're grown men with you know. Jobs. Reflection on a show that's already been on. Well, so. Your show's already been on with the extremely juvenile Frank Conniff-esque senses of humour, but um, yeah, they're, they're not going to not, not go there, are they? Oh, no, God, no. no, no. Under the tongue. Serena comes home with a horrific swollen finger. It's not the worst we see. No, it, no, it but gets it's worse. getting there. Hilda fixes her a bowl of chicken soup, which she goes to eat, only for Zelda to correct her and tells her it's for a finger instead. Yeah. I mean, that. Would that make your infected finger go away if it, if you scold all the skin off it? It could fill it up with more fluid as well. Oh. I mean, how, how, how does the finger benefit from the chicken soup? Is it the heat or does it eat, uh, it inhale through the, between the gap between the skin and the fingernail? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't, want, I don't understand like... the benefits. It wasn't, the soup wasn't made from uh, Richard Langston, was it? <laughs> oh my God. If we never see Richard Langston again... <laughs> we'll know. We'll know that's where it came from. It, yeah, it, yeah he, was, he was the other realm's most respected anchor, and then well, what a fate for him. Just soup for Sabrina's finger to fart into. <laughs> Awful. But, but that, that's why they made him into soup, because he was so trustworthy, there was no no um, hazard of getting salmonella poisoning. Yeah. 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 Oh. It's the next day and Sabrina tries to sneak off to school, but Hilda and Zelda catch her as she's just about to leave and they demand to see her finger, which is fucking disgusting oh my God. and made I, me choke on my coffee. I, yeah. I don't even know what I can liken it to. It's like a poorly grilled sausage. No. Like, it, it's a bit bloody, a bit veiny, it doesn't look edible and it's... Oh, it's so... Oh my God, it's disgusting. It's like... um. It gets, it's like a cone. It gets, corn dog. 
It's like a, 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 cake. a corn dog. Oh, don't put it in here, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> Continuity. Um, <laughs> fucking swallow it, wouldn't she? All I've done today is eat, sleep, and stare off into space, Sabrina moans. Hey, I don't dump on your lifestyle, <laughs> says Salem. <laughs> He's quite right. offended, isn't he? Yeah. It's a good lifestyle to leave anyway, isn't it? Sabrina decides to run off to school and help out because she has... She has an, a nightmare where... Like a fever dream. Yeah, where Richard Langston is reporting on a food fight happening at the school where, yeah, Harvey and Valerie are getting pelted with food. And yes. you've got to commend Nate and uh, Lindsay for for acting in that getting pelted with. I'm not going to yeah, lie, mate. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they weren't a- acting. They were actually being pelted oh, by oh, yeah. food. But yeah. as in they were acting to try not to laugh or to look hurt. They were just like, oh, oh this is disgusting. But my God, they were getting pelted. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, Willard Craft is giving a, a TV interview saying it's all it's all Harvey and Valerie's fault and they're going to be expelled. Yes, yeah. So poor Sabrina. So she wakes up and she's like, oh my God, I've got to go back to school. Uh, so she decides to run off to school and help whilst trying to keep her monstrous finger under wraps. Or rather, in a bread bun. She tried yeah. to disguise it, which made me even more sick. <laughs> so I'm not having hot dogs for a while. Yeah, to, to say that it looks like a sausage is one thing. To put it in a bun and make it convincingly look like a sausage is fucking worse. Oh, my God. So uh, Harvey goes to get some cream pudding. Or, or tapioca. Or tapioca, even, yeah. Tapioca pudding. Uh, I've had it, so I don't really know what it is. Po- popular 70s uh, canteen <laughs> food. But, um, is it like semolina, is it? Yeah. Um, I don't even know what it's made up of. Is I it just, like rice pudding or it something? It looks like horseradish, but I don't know what's actually, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what's actually in it. Like, mm. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he goes to fetch that, uh, and Libby starts demanding some food and insulting Sabrina, causing Mrs. Quick to stand up for herself and demand that Libby goes back to the line. Mrs. Quick's hand, however, sparkles because Sabrina sneaks, or sorry, a finger farts on Mrs. Quick. Yeah. And when Mrs. Quick demands Libby to go to the back of the line, she kind of uses her Jedi powers, because obviously we, we've already established before that the same universe, and she force pushes... Yes, she um, does. Yeah. She presses yeah, triangle. Yeah. She presses triangle. <laughs> force pushes... Uh, uh, Libby to the back of the queue and she bumps into Harvey and she gets and covered in tapioca. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, Shit's f- hitting the fan. Everything's kicking off. The tapioca shit's, hit- shit's hitting fucking Mrs. Quick's face. <laughs> yeah. From Sabrina's gross finger. So now, yeah, Mrs. Quick can seemingly use magic for a short amount yeah. of time. So, so just, just let's lay out the physics here, right? Sabrina's infected finger yes. yeah. sneezes stroke farts on Mrs. Quick. Yeah, snarts. Snarts. Snarts on Mrs. Quick. At that point, Mrs. Quick can then use magic. What the fuck was transferred from the finger onto Mrs. Quick? Magic. <laughs> magic. Magic. <laughs> that, that's it. That's the only way to explain stuff is just hashtag magic. Yeah, magic. <laughs> but I'm just like, what was the fluid? Was it like... Fairy dust, a a, a, a a magical ooze. I don't know. Is the is it, is it like the bodily fluids of uh, like witches? Are just so, so imbued with magic that if they get on anybody else, the magic seeps into their bloodstream. Well, if that were true, when Harvey and Sabrina kissed, then Harvey would have become magic. Except there was the spell, which meant he was a frog instead. True, mm. but they've kissed after that, haven't they? Probably. Oh, yeah. oh, def- definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because after after they've. I forget. Is it after they've proven their love to each other? Or is it... 
Well, it's, it's in. Oh, they've kissed I, I, under the mistletoe. Oh, they do. Yeah, they've kissed a few times. Yeah. Since, yeah. So on that, so maybe there is within a witch's pointing finger, maybe that it has its own sort of genetic makeup that is entirely different to the rest of them, so that that is where all the magic is stored. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that way, that. if if it's got the flu and it gets bunged up, the magic can't come out, so it all stays in there, swells up, and then whenever it sneezes, snarts. Sorry, whenever it snarts, it's a little bit of magic that magic fluid, magical yeah. discharge, magical <laughs> discharge. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, so, so no. that that's that's the physics of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's it's gone from Sabrina's finger fart to Mrs. Quick, which is funny, which is to funny. Sabrina's magical discharge. <laughs> <laughs> covers Mrs. Quick. And then she's able to use magic from the discharge. Yeah. yeah. I mean if 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 it's like her it's just connected to her finger, what would happen if Something horrific. Working in the school kitchen, um, Sabrina ended up chopping a you know an end of a tip of a finger off. Oh, and there's blood squirting everywhere, oh. and it covers people. Would that mean everyone in the yeah. vicinity would? In theory, yeah, potentially. potentially. From the theory that we've just laid out, yeah. yeah and they have this power until what her finger flu goes away. I it's, think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it wear, all wears off. I think. Yeah. Mm. When she gets better, everything gets better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gross! Wow. I don't think I'll ever get over magical discharge. <laughs> no. Hashtag magical discharge. <laughs> oh, disgusting. So Libby gets covered in tapioca pudding. So Libby gets covered in tapioca as quick as covered in discharge. Uh, back in the house, and Hilda and Zelda are suspicious of Salem's sickness because he smells of chocolate. So they decide to take his temperature again. He then once again says, under the tongue, under the tongue. She goes, no, I think we need something better. Under the armpit, he says... And we are well. Phil has already watched these episodes beforehand, but we and Chris were—he—he um, he didn't tip us off to to this to this happening, um, and we were just like, or, or, are they are, are they going there? Are they going there? And all we got we, is an external shot and, of the house, yeah, and Salem screaming his protests as the thermometer goes somewhere intimate. It's not said by name, but there's only one other orifice. Um, Remaining that it could possibly be going into to take a temperature, of course. Yep, yep. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we we have we have talked and we have oh. talked and uh, you know we've. Had, some would say we're obsessed. Some would say we're obsessed. We have many critically acclaimed discussions <laughs> <laughs> of Salem's asshole. Does the puppet have? An asshole, uh, due to a comment Phil made a very long time ago regarding uh, Salem spitting mouthwash. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this this silly, stupid, juvenile obsession that we had, not thinking it would ever bear any relevance to anything in the actual show, <laughs> and this gag, which is just throwaway. It's not really that inappropriate. I mean, you know, you don't actually see anything, and you know, um, it. But yeah, we we didn't think Salem's Arsenal would ever serve any purpose in the show, and for that to happen here, um, it was this silent celebration between yeah. all three of us. Yeah. I mean, we, we should have known with an episode that featured Mrs. Tornanus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, should, we should we should have guessed that this might be an episode yeah. where a uh, you know, someone's anus would be torn. But yeah, for uh, for me, this was this was vindication, not the kind of vindication you see in the Vindicator film series. No, oh, no, no, but no, no, no. Um, nonetheless, vindication for all our all our joshing that um, it had a payoff. We didn't know it, but it had a payoff. <laughs> well, there I'm we go. Just so happy. Yeah. I, I was just, uh, I was I was happily shocked. 
shocked. Yeah. Like that happily shocked feeling that you get if someone asks you to marry you out of the blue. Yeah. That that's where I was that's where I was that's how I felt. <laughs> but um, Great just went down on one knee actually. Um, um, it's just that moment of Finally, that, um, Salem's arsehole is canon to Sabrina. <laughs> Back in school, a Mrs. Quick's assertive behaviour and magic continues when she tells a young lad to stop slouching, causing his spine to straighten and him to admit an immense level of pain. Well, it doesn't really straighten. It tilts backwards. Yeah. So he's walking with a slight backward tilt, which must be agony. Yeah. And, and he, he just goes, extends <gasps> his spine. He goes, yeah. my spine. Yeah. <laughs> and then waddles off. <laughs> which, again, we found hilarious. <laughs> Poor yeah. blow. There's another uh, sort of use of this a little bit later on again, which had me uh, really, really laughing. Meanwhile, Hilda and Zelda discover that Salem has been faking it, but instead of ratting him out, they decide to have some fun with it. The phone rings, and Zelda takes it to a new part of the set that we haven't seen before. Yeah, it's sort of a little... Um... Don't know, sort of a little like alcove. Yeah, little, 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 little alcove, sort of to the to the right of the stairs, probably slightly yeah. under the landing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, usually like shots of the hallway and the staircase sort of stop, don't they, when the staircase sort of reaches mm. the upper level? So we don't really see what is underneath the stairs. So Zelda tells her that she needs to get Mrs. Quick over here as soon as possible, but she must do it the mortal way. So naturally, Sabrina does it the American way, with a blindfold and a gun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Back in school, a Mrs. Quick is still blissfully unaware she's being a public menace by telling a young man to stop running. However, instead, he becomes glued to the floor and remains trapped there during the entire scene, later joined by another student who's trying to prize feet off the floor. Yeah. Awesome. Really, really funny. A confident Mrs. Quick demands Kraft to stop making the students work during lunch, and he just says he's trying to appease the school board because that's the, quote, best thing for the school. You're just the school board's trained chimp, Mrs. Quick says. And just like that, Mr. Kraft turns into not just a trained chimp, but a fully dressed chimp wearing a much smaller version of Mr. Kraft's clothes. Um, Yeah, I mean, we now know, don't we, that probably dressing monkeys up in human clothes and making them do stuff is wrong. In the 90s, um, certainly in this country... Um, there were adverts on television. They've been on television almost oh, the whole time yes. television has existed. But in the nineties, they were very much still a thing. I did, you know, we, we grew up with these. And looking back now, it, it's like looking back to the nineteen thirties. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for PG Tips, which is a brand of uh, tea bag, advertised for many years by a family of um, chimps who were dressed like um, dressed like humans and lived lived full human lives. Yeah, and, and to, to make them talk, did they put did they cram their mouths full of peanut butter yeah. so they move their mouths yeah, around? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So they would look like they're talking. But my my grandparents, right? Obviously, PG tip buyers. As so you're going to say, yeah. my grandparents, chimps. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents, chimps. <laughs> Explains a lot. <laughs> Freshly evolved. Is um, yeah, the Evans family. It's you know, two generations away from chimps. <laughs> That's why I'm so hairy. Um, But no, they. (laughs) Only recently joined the human race, the Evans family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, again, just more transformations. Oh, oh, the transformation craft into chimp is amazing. 
and this chimp is very well trained. But the point we was making was the guy's PG tips. God knows what was done to him to make him that well trained. Yeah, but yeah. things. I mean, like chimps are quite. Um, oh, they're smart. Oh, na- yeah. Naturally, very clever. And you I said this chimp went to space. You know. <laughs> you got an entire film franchise about it. Yeah, they sent, about just, smart chimps. I mean, they sent a dog to space, though. I mean, you know, and humans. I mean, what yeah, we just say? threw a ball into space. Fetch. <laughs> <laughs> never came back. You got lost, didn't she, idiot? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this chimp, they don't make it do anything. It's just wearing clothes and it holds um, Mrs. Quick's hand throughout. And and then later on, he sits in a doctor's office, just chewing magazines, he does, <laughs> kind yeah. of just. Letting it do what yeah, it's probably really just like. standard chimp activities. Probably didn't need too much coercion to do that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's cool. Again, the transformations. It sounds so ridiculous saying the best thing, the best, most convincing, I should say, effects in this show are like humans into objects or animals. Yeah, yeah. it sounds. You can't even necessarily do it so convincingly nowadays. And this is someone who's. You know, I don't know how tall Martimal is. You know, say six foot, say. For him just to literally shrink down seem, uh, seamlessly, flawlessly. It's just this. I know. I don't think I'll ever get bored just praising the effects. They are yeah. astonishing. And, and this is just another example. Mr. Craft the chimp. Um, of course, Mrs. Quick is seen Mr. Craft turn into a chimp. And she goes, oh my God, I thought I was just gaining confidence. It seems like now I'm insane. <laughs> Which is what you would think. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 your first thought wouldn't be, oh, my God, I've got magical powers. <laughs> so to stop, to calm Mrs. Quick down, um, again, some more literal magic, which always goes down well, especially with Chris, is um, she magics up some rose-tinted glasses. Yes. Literally. But, but not before. I don't, think, I don't know if you noticed it. She tried to magic up the rose-tinted glasses, but her finger wouldn't do it because it was, it was all stuffed up. up. Put pepper on a finger for it to sneeze. So Sabrina successfully gets herself, Mr. Craft the Chimp and John Lennon back home safely. And along with Hilda and Second Zelda... Second episode in a row, someone's worn <laughs> spectacles that, rese- that resemble peace-advocating wife beater John Lennon, which is... Um, yeah. yeah, lovely. <laughs> so Mr. Craft the Chimp and uh, Mrs. Quick and Sabrina uh, safely get home. And along with Hilda and Zelda, they head to a doctor who will hopefully make everything great again at the doctor's office and Sabrina is called in to see Dr. Brickman. Zelda warns Sabrina that there's something different about Dr. Brickman. It's the fact that he is a small child who not only performed his first operation at the age of two, but he even supervised his own birth. Yes. <laughs> very, very funny. What? Yeah, well, he, he was present for it. And well, he, uh, yeah, he was present for it, but how did you supervise your own birth from... Probably talking the doctor through it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. Okay! Are we ready yet? Hello! Hello! Yeah, I'm ready. Everything's packed. Yeah, you ready? Should we go on, on my count? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're, we're mindset to damn it. Day later than here. We're ready to go. Ready for impact. Yeah. Send the canary down. Yeah, we're fine. We're good here. Yeah. Once I'm out, make sure we've got the scissors to cut the umbilical cord. I'll do it myself. <laughs> well done, Mum. One last push. <laughs> A minute. Well done, everybody. Give yourselves a pat on the back. <laughs> well, they'd be out by that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After assessing Sabrina's gross finger, um, oh, and getting... Um, how does he drain the finger? With with a magical sort of... Uh, oh, my God. It's, it's like a... A tap. T- tap slash vice. So it, like, tightens on a, on a gross swollen finger, and then he turns the tap and the discharge... Which is blue. A lovely which, blue colour. Which is blue. Or azure. Which, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you say so. And, um, and 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 it flows out the tap into a bucket. Oh. <laughs> she says if she feels better after. The I'm sure so. she does, but it looks awful. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, the discharge is uh, flowing nicely, and uh, he then asks for Mrs. Quick to come in and uh, to point at Mr. Craft and cough. Which I think yes, is, <laughs> yeah. So Mrs. Quick, uh, she. Points and coughs. Points and coughs. Mr. Kraft turns into normal. And to combat the fact that he's freaking out, they don't use a second pair of rose-tinted glasses. No, because what's the fun in repeating a joke? Instead, they get a magical uh, lollipop, lollipop yeah. which when it licks, it turns you into a real sucker. Hey. Hey. And you believe everything that they're told. So he sucks it, questions why he's in there. Uh, they say he's looking for a secret mission for whoa, the FBI. Whoa, whoa. He, doesn't, he doesn't suck it. He'll just shoves it in his mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. So back in the school cafeteria, and Sabrina has led uh, Mr. Kraft and Mrs. Quick back there, and she has to swab their memories by sort of inserting a swab and turning clockwise. Yeah. And uh, counterclockwise. Counterclockwise, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you went clockwise, fuck knows what would happen. <laughs> oh, good grief. No, we don't want to even know. Which takes both Kraft and Quick to the exact point in their conversation before the chimpening. Mrs. Quick follows through... <laughs> the chimpening. I like that. That's, that's a film. <laughs> Mrs. Quick, <laughs> Mrs. Quick follows through with her confidence and actually knocks Mr. Kraft down a couple of pegs. Mr. Kraft walks away in a paddy because Mr. Quick even tells him that everyone is uh, going to help out with the school lunches. He will hire a new lunch lady and until then, even the football players and cheerleaders are going to help out. And she shouts at him, doesn't she? I, I love this. This is really good. It was great to see... Because, you know, Mrs. Quick... Especially, we saw probably the most of scenery is in the uh, in in a Gabba Sabrina uh, yes, before. Yeah. You know, she, she's she's a she's a cool lady, but she does sometimes like the confidence to sort of um, impose her will on a situation. And it was good to see her, especially because Kraft is just, especially when it comes to things like this, just just a horrible, um, cowardly, you know, sort of conniving, corrupt uh, dickhead, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's yeah, good to see him put in his place. It's good to see that from this whole magical experience, I mean obviously it would be she couldn't they couldn't have her going around doing magic all the time. But from the whole experience, even though she doesn't remember most of it now probably, Mrs. Quick has gained some confidence. There has yeah. been which is something in it for her. And having somebody who is on well not quite on his level because he's a principal, but like who vice is principal. vice principal, who is part of the um student Sorry, about part of the teaching staff, mm-hmm. part of the faculty, um, who will stand up to Kraft and fight the students' corner. Hopefully that's followed up on, because she would be a useful ally for yeah. Sabrina and friends to have. What I would like, I mean, obviously, because we, we don't remember this show a lot to know what happens yeah. in the future. What I would like is if Mrs. Quick became the principal yeah. and Mr. Kraft Ooh. the vice principal. If that happened, I mean, I don't know if it does, but I think that would be really... Really, really interesting. That, then, then what would you do, Willard? Then what would you do? <laughs> yeah, what can you say? So, because we've not seen Principal LaRue for not a very long no, time. Yeah. yeah, we assume he's still in office because, as Chris pointed out, Kraft is only the vice principal. I think, yeah, if she became principal, I think that'd be really, really good. But yeah. uh, hopefully that happens. But we, well, we... hopefully it happens because now, now Mrs. Quick has shown like she she held, she can hold some power over Willard. Yeah, but the, the least we expect is that. She doesn't revert back. She's she's yeah, a bit more yeah. assertive and a bit more confident. She does revert back to her old ways, um, you know, at the end of this episode. But she's got the experience where she, Mr. Kraft, kind of respects her a bit because she talks to him like, "I used to really want to respect you, and now, you know, you you treat you treat the students like crap, yeah. and I don't like it, and yeah. I don't want to work with you anymore." And he says, "Wow, you really know how to 
really know. I'd have to cut me down to size. To, yeah, 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 yeah. Sore spot. Hit the sore yeah, spot. That's yeah, really that's it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Right. Hit the sore spot, and it's like, yes, well done. Yeah. Well done, so, so the agreement is that the students will cover the lunchtime period until he hires a new lunch lady, which we can all assume will probably be called Miss. Diane Rhea. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good though because he tries to have the final say. She says, no, you will hire someone. And he goes, okay, yeah, I will do. But everyone's still going to help out until then. And storms yeah. off and she comes in as even cheerleaders and football players. Yes. Oh, it was that moment. Yeah. And, you know, well done, Mrs. Quick. Uh, golf cap. Um, well done, Mrs. Quick. And also, you know, again, it shows that he is the classic bully. The second somebody stands up to him and says, what you're doing is terrible. You know, you you should be nice to people. You should do this. You should do that. And they don't really have a comeback. Yeah. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh. To steal a line from The Simpsons, he folds faster than Superman on laundry day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's a great character moment. I mean, I know it's only been the course of a 22-minute episode we've seen this character grow. But what what a growth this character has had. And I you know I, I say every time there is evidence of this, I love... I love the fleshing out of characters, not just for the sake of laughs, but for genuine reason of being in that episode. And I think yeah. it's really, really good. Um, oh yeah, Mr. Craft walks away scratching his head and walking like a chimp. Yes, that was that was what I was going to say about uh, character continuity. It's not actually character continuity, but it's magic continuity, sorry. When Libby has been a goat, when she turns back into a human, she's still doing... She's still... When Libby turns back into a human having been a goat, she's still doing goat things which she can't explain, like eating paper towels. And so you've got Kraft, you know, walking sort of bow-legged with his arms swinging, and then he's like, what the hell am I doing that for, sort of thing. Same with um, Harvey, when he turned back into a frog. Yeah, Yeah. he was hopping around, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. And, well, what we were talking about was Harvey the Pin as well. Yeah, we were talking about when he was like, um, down, um, cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, magic continuity is staying strong. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, we also never... it's always funny. So it's some continuity that you may as well keep going because it'll always be funny. It's lunchtime, and Valerie says that her confidence uh, seems to only be limited to her getting more tater tots at lunchtime. But Sabs tells her that if she thinks she's confident, she'll feel confident. However, Valerie disagrees and says that no childhood traumas are simply going away because of a book. What the fuck happened to <laughs> Valerie? That is childhood traumas, folks. And there's a bit of la- I think there's a bit of laughter after that. That's nothing to laugh about. It's nothing to laugh about, but we're frequent we're frequently encouraged to laugh at Valerie's somewhat tragic existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. she she's she's tragic. She's a tragic character. We've said this before to make Sabrina feel that my life isn't so bad, but she comes out with some dark sort of nerving stuff. She didn't say no lack of confidence is going away because of her book. She said no childhood trauma is going away because of the book, implying yeah. that her lack of confidence is sourced from... Childhood trauma. Yeah. Mm. Which, which, I mean, obviously, last episode we had um, uh, Libby's grandmother on the roller coaster. Yeah. You know, um, but that's her childhood trauma. What the fuck's Valerie's? Mm. Yeah. No, seriously, I'm asking the question, what's Valerie's? Well, well, I'm sure we'll find out more about Valerie. She's going to be around for several seasons, and may- maybe we'll get to the bottom of that in time. I think that's my new enigma that I want solving. Yeah, well, yeah. it could be, uh, from what we know so far, one of three things. It could be um, some, uh, some a bad corn dog experience. Yeah. Mm. We already know she's allergic to watermelon. Maybe that. You know, yeah, yeah. maybe that could be uh, the source of it. And she did; um, she'd lose those children when she was a camp counselor. 
Yeah, she's got she's got plenty of skeletons in her closet that we already know about, but there could be yeah, not literal skeletons in Hilda's literal closet. Yeah, no. but we're we're discounting the camp counselor because that must have happened when she was at least a teenager. I'm thinking child. I'm thinking like the age of like eight. Okay, yeah, yeah. So what happened with a corn dog and a watermelon at the age of eight? Uh, the episode then finishes on Libby being a lunch lady, repeatedly pinching herself, trying to wake up from this apparent nightmare. So being like a public servant seems to really, really sicken her. Oh yeah, helping other people. I mean, that's like the opposite of her, you know, credo. But it's just yeah, constantly pinching herself to make her wake up and ooh, yeah. But... but I feel like uh, Mr. Willard Craft, Mr. Beat here. He said that he would get the students to cover until he hired a new lunch lady, and it would also involve footballers and cheerleaders. He didn't say that, it, that there was no sort of communication of when that had to happen. So he could have done at least two more shifts without cheerleaders and football players, uh, and and then hire someone by the end of the week. Yeah, you, you know, he missed a beat there. Maybe he put some regular students in, and then uh, Mrs. Quick showed, uh, you know, sort of. Showed, showed him the back of a hand. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, right, right, okay. Right. Yeah. What? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Chasler's on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's got him. Yeah. She's got that book down to a T now. She's got him under her thumb. Yeah. The, her thumb. <laughs> though when he was disgusting with her <laughs> The credits roll and Hilda and Zelda are still teasing Salem, telling him that he's on death's door. He can't take it anymore and admits that he was faking this whole time and will never do it again. But he would still like that massage soon. So he's come to the realisation that he's sobbing because he's like, oh, no, I'm only joking, I'm joking. But just for the sake of trying to get a rub, he got a thermometer up the jack sea. Yeah, yeah, it took, it went beyond. He was about to get thrown to it, he could have gone, oh, no, no, I'm faking it, don't, don't, don't put it there. But he... No, he, he was committed to his wanting so much attention that he was willing to take a thermometer up the jack sea. Either way, a lot of Salem in this episode, good. Most of it spent sobbing, even better. (laughs) So unfortunately, yes, Salem's quest for a massage ended up on a bit of a bum note. It did. So that's the end of episode 15, Finger Licking Flu. It was a little gross in places, especially with the words we were using. But yeah, no, what do you think of this episode, chaps? Uh, Spice things up a bit. Chris, what do you think of this episode? How do you think it's... uh, it went. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we we, we, we had a, a weird zany premise. We had the, a, a specific illness targeted at witches so that we now know that they are not invulnerable. They do have a weakness, and it is a corn-sized finger yes. with <laughs> magical discharge. Uh, and Hilda and Zelda, maniacal as always, trying to get to the bottom of something. Uh, we had a background in Mrs. Quick. We finally found her confidence. And uh, we, as we said, we want to see more of that. And just, you know, Willard Craft, chimp. Happy days. Yeah. Uh, Graham, same thoughts as, as Chris? Yep. Um, again, uh, I said at the start, but that we're taking everything back, back to, back to the roots, back to the core of the program. We're, you know, we're in school, you know, we've got sort of Harvey and Valerie and Sabrina working together, being friends, which is always nice. We've got Mr. Kraft being a dick, getting his comeuppance, possibly learning from it, which is nice. We've got a new, well, not a new character, but a character who now seems fully fleshed out. Well, and... I'd say a new character, because she was just... She just was just someone who rocked up. Now she, I do feel like Mrs. Quick is a proper character. Yeah, she now. was quite, she was quite incidental before, wasn't yeah. she? Whereas now we've got a properly fleshed out uh, character who's really awesome and interesting, and 
can sort of add a new dynamic to the school scene, so hopefully we can keep focusing on school going forward, at least for a little while longer. So yeah, I'd say another another home run. I agree with, with everything we've said. Yeah, I think a really good episode. I love how deeply and quickly they we really sort of uh, got into Mrs. Quick. I think she's a proper character now, which is really great. And um, yeah, no, no, I very much enjoyed the episode. I think it was the perfect balance, just like the last one, of zaniness and real heartfelt, genuinely good writing. Uh, but what what do we know? We're, we're me and Graham are gobshites. It's up to Chris, who is uh, he's Speak in himself. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was going to say, don't put him in with you. <laughs> but uh, no, Chris is uh, he's our rank master. He's in charge of uh, setting the uh, the scores, and me and Graham have to decide whether we agree with his criticisms. So, Chris, episode say criticisms. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, episode fifteen, finger licking flu. Chris, where do you score it? You know what. I scored the last episode as a as a, as a, as a seven. Mm-hmm. I am really really tempted to to put it on the same level, but it's not quite. It's not quite. It's it's just below. So I'm gonna have to go for um, six point five clucks in a news report. Okay. Okay. Um. I'm again. Again, I, I've not become a uh, sheep or anything, but I'm again going to agree with Mr. Evans because it was a very good episode. It did, you know, sort of tick the boxes of, you know, what I come to feel a Sabrina episode should be, but didn't quite sort of have the, the rounded um, approach and give you that strong sort of takeaway feeling of, yes, this balanced heart and comedy in the way the best sitcoms do. I'm going to agree with my score from last episode. I'm going to I'm going to stick with seven for this one. Again, just because, as I've said in numerous episodes where it's happened, I love character development and I love that someone isn't in an episode just for the sake of it. There's actually a reason for them yeah. being there, and I really really appreciated Mrs. Quick's involvement here. So, uh, yeah, many clucks given in this episode. Yeah. Six point fives and a seven. So, uh, yeah, no, a good a good episode, and hopefully, despite the zaniness, the next episode uh, will carry on a good form. Would you like to know what that next episode is called, boys? Well, you, usually, usually you do, but you, you might not want to this time. No, go, go on, you gobshite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's called <laughs> Sabrina and the Beanstalk. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think we are going to be getting wacky again. Oh, God. Right. Do you want to go first, or shall we just bite the bullet and... Does she say fee fi fo fum at some point? Probably not. She's probably not the giant, is she? <laughs> um, I don't know. She's, she's probably Jack, I'm yeah. guessing. Mm-hmm. And she, she has to save fucking Harvey. Seen as, seen as her name is in place of... Jack in the title. Well, in case you were confused, IMDb did, in the trivia did say that this is a play oh. on of, um, of Jack and the Beanstalk. Thanks, thanks, guys. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, I never <laughs> would have guessed. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, thanks to IMDb. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, no, yeah, no prizes for guessing about this one. Sabrina happens to magic up a giant beanstalk, and Harvey happens to be at the top of it, who just so happens to get fattened up by a wicked witch who happens to live there. So, oh. Chris is more or less right. Yes. So Harvey Harvey. is stuck up there. She's got. But no giant. Well, I I, I suppose we know a a witch. It's a witch. So it's it's Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah. On a beanstalk. On a beanstalk. It's a crossover. (laughs) Yeah, it's a crossover episode. Oh my days! I'm so shocked. But uh, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to. I mean, we've seen jacked Harvey. I'm looking forward to seeing fat Harvey. I hope he's in restraints and food (laughs) is just getting shoveled up. Oh. Well, if you're into, pal. 
<laughs> so thank you very much for joining us for uh, this ludicrous one. I've been Phil Dean. Thank you very much. Joining with me on this uh, crazy journey has been my friends, Graham Riley. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Goodbye. And uh, also Chris Evans has been there as well. Always a pleasure. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats. So whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. You can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.